Socialites, and welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where we study being social by being social, getting social with a badass bitch in comedy today. I cannot wait to intro to her. You might already know her if you came to my shows in Portland. She featured for me the entire weekend where we had a total love fest and just became little baby besties. It's fantastic. Listen, catch me on the road. Get your tickets at mrdtimes3.com. I don't know what week this is coming out, but coming to Vancouver, Denver, Madison, Minneapolis, St. Louis, Edmonton, Bremerton, Everett, Seattle, Oklahoma City, New York City. And if you're coming to you, New York City, you're going to see today's guest because she's working with me there too. Buffalo, Philadelphia. Get your tickets at mrdtimes3.com. Today, I'm stoked. I the, Literally the day I met this girl, I was like, you're going to be on my podcast 100%. We finally made it work. Katie Hannigan powerhouse so funny the way i saw my fans respond to her shit when she went out there and just killed it you might have seen her on the late show with colbert her podcast is called lady journey you're gonna love that too welcome to the social studies podcast my friend katie hannigan Oh my God, what a lovely intro. Thank you so much. Oh, you know, just a little this, a little that. Oh my goodness. You know, I had the best time when we were working together in Portland. It just was total happenstance that I got put with you on that show, but it was a match made in heaven. Remember we went out after the show and I was like putting it on my stories and my boyfriend, I'm like hanging out with the boys. It was me (laughs) and all of you guys. It was the best. And I had girlfriends. One of my girlfriends was like, who's that guy? He's so cute. Wait, I (laughs) I think I remember who it was. Was it Jocelyn? Yes. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) I've like chatted with Jocelyn a little bit back and forth on Instagram since then. I actually saw her when she performed here, too. Oh, yeah. She's hilarious. She's so funny. Powerhouse. You're hilarious. You're shaking things up in New York over there. Thank you. So... I thought when you when you they sent me and they're like, hey, this is who's going to open for you. She's in town. She's in great. I'm like, oh, I actually am already a little bit familiar with her, but I didn't know she lived in Portland. And then when we met, you have like the utmost New York essence. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I try. But you're not from I New try. York. I know. Because as you know, I'm a Midwesterner originally, but I have been in New York now 15 years and I can't. Like I'm in New York. I'm like, oh, please. I'm just a little Midwestern girl. And then I'm like, out of my way, asshole. <laughs> I can't turn it off. It's like you just live here for so long. And you're like, oh, please, I won't eat a bagel. I'll eat a bagel off the ground in New York, but I won't try one in Cleveland. You know, you just get so snobby so quickly. <laughs> my apologies. Every time I'm in New York, too, it really is that like hustle and grind. I think I told you this, too. I just am so envious how you guys can get up and do stand up like ev- multiple times every single night. You can't do that in Seattle. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? I actually since I got back from my vacation a month ago, I had one day off. So I took off Sunday night. Monday night, tonight and tomorrow. So I'm just like in the middle of an oasis where I'm trying to, you know, I'll be like, oh, I need a break. And then I just end up like having a total like breakdown because I'm like, I should be working right now. But I'm like, no, bitch, enjoy it. I'm getting a facial. I'm 
I'm treating myself and I'm not thinking about you get like FOMO. You get online and you're like, oh, my God, somebody wrote a great joke. Exactly. Oh, my God. First of all, what is this? Your vacation? I'm not familiar with the term. Right. I know. Well, it was actually a working vacation because I was doing a resort. So it wasn't (laughs) even really a vacation. I'm like, I had three days off when I was in Aruba. Aruba. (laughs) Now you're a big Aruba girl. You go to Aruba often. Oh, I'm the Aruba girl. My boyfriend and I, we go there. We work at the Aruba Race Comedy Club, which if you're going, you have to check it out because they have great comics there. But we go and then we do like a little, we pretend we're on vacation, but we're just like doing auditions in the hotel room. <laughs> and, then, and then we run down, we do a set. And we're like, and then we have a piece of fish. We're like, call it a night. <laughs> I Okay. First of all, I don't even know. I am, I, Morgan and I are going on the first vacation since pre-Pandy coming up here. Uh. I don't know what I'm going to do with my, like, I am going to go into a straight up wine induced panic attack because I'm not doing any work. It's going to freak me out. Yeah. It's like you, you slam the brakes on and then you're like, who am I? Do I like knitting? I don't know. (laughs) Do I need a hobby? But where are you guys going? I love, I love this. I love that you guys are doing a vacation. We're so, do you want like the real tea? Yes. So we're going to Madrid. (gasps) Yes. We are going to Madrid. And I would be lying to you if I didn't have a little tickle in my pickle that I might come back with a little bling on my fingers. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I think, though. You should. Shopping is one of the only ways to quiet pain no katie not shopping i think i'm gonna get engaged i think oh my god i thought you were like gonna go oh my god you're so funny i thought you were like i think because every time i go to aruba i'm like this is my time to get a tan tonight and then i just never do oh my god so wait you think he's gonna propose oh or well he has to i'm not proposing but hell fucking no i i've like laid i have too much anxiety to propose to somebody like <laughs> it has yeah. to be him. I've, I've, I've laid it down for, we've been together six years. So I'd say probably around year three, I started to get crazy. And yeah. I really, I, I was like, listen, I know how my brain works. You have to propose so that I know that you are in for the ultimate commitment. Like you oh. did it. I didn't do it. I didn't back you into a corner. You wanted it. Is that weird? Oh my God. I I know. The thing about proposing is like, there's a weird tradition where it has to be a surprise, but like, how could you ever be surprised into like commitment? So it's like, then we're in the position of being like, okay, you have to threaten them to surprise you. Like I'm doing the same to my boyfriend where I'm like, I know what kind of ring I want and it's this just so you know, but there's no pressure coming from me because <laughs> I would never, but I want a five stone and I don't want it to be too big. And this is my size. Have you ever heard of this show? I watched it recently. Addicted to marriage on TLC. Oh God. It sounds so dysfunctional. I haven't, I haven't seen TLC. We moved and we did not get cable because we felt like it was making us go to a bad place during <laughs> the mothers and sons. Like they had like a series of like incestuous, like family. I was like, I can't, 
It is but, a lot. It TLC TLC is a lot. They actually got a really bad one recently too, called Stuck, and it's all about people who get things stuck in their body. So at first, I was like, for sure, there's gonna be like something stuck in a butthole. Yeah. Yeah, but it actually was more like huge pieces of wood wedged into someone's heel because they were on an un like a warped deck or something. Like it's it's oh, gross. Wow. Anyway, addicted wow. to marriage is these people who have been married like seventeen times. Oh my god! Like the the least married one had been married five times, I think. But this one woman, she got her wedding ring. And then she straight up told her husband or fiance, I can't wear this ring. Like, you have to take it back. Oh, my gosh. The audacity. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's you're off to a bad start. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that. It's a little small. Well, you know, millennials, like, we're all going for, like, the smaller rings. I feel like millennials, the trend is very, like, minimalist with the wedding rings. You know, so it's like, I don't know. People are really into that now. But I did hear one time a comic I know, and I won't say his name, but he proposed to his now wife at No, no, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) Bitch, I I would come. If I got proposed to at Costco, I would be like, fill me full of cheese curds and let's fuck. That would be so great. Do you hate it or do you love it? It's cute. I, I think like his heart was in the right place because he was like, this is where we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. We wouldn't be like going to Costco. And it was supposed to be kind of like sweet, but she was like, no. And she made him repropose to her. Sorry. I mean, I get it. I definitely get it because it's Costco. But I literally, like if I wasn't dating Morgan, my heart would go to Costco. <laughs> they have so much great stuff there. I want a membership. I actually, I actively want one. I want to get one with my boyfriend, Costco dependent. That's my. Do you have, do you have, do you even have Costco? Like I can't picture a Costco in New York city. So we have one like on the, on the edges of Astoria. So that makes we sense. could have gotten one when we lived in Astoria, but we don't have a car. So it's like, then you're, then you're going in a cab. It's like, that makes no sense. Yeah. To getting an Uber for the Costco and your, your tub of nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a tub. Costco, I have never truly experienced being more between a rock and a hard place more in my life. Because I had always said, and I had a bit about it, that Costco makes me want a deep freezer more than anything. And uh, then one day Costco was selling deep freezers Katie, oh my God. I must have been staring at this thing for an hour deciding what I was going to do. Oh, my God. Did you get it? I didn't get it. But we are looking at houses right now. And the houses that the house that we just saw most recently was coming with a huge. This deep freezer was the size of a love seat. Like it was oh. one of the big ones that opens from I the top. That. That's like its own engagement ring. I would take I would take a deep freezer <laughs> over. Am I an adult? We are literally talking about Costco and deep freezing. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm loving it. My parents got a freezer during the pandemic and it is just, oh, it's big. It's very Midwest, I feel like, to have a deep freezer too, because you know that like Uncle Rick's going to come by with a pound of venison <laughs> as, as, a, as a treat. <laughs> Where are you going to keep yes. it? 
I killed it. I'm like, oh, thank you. Well, my parents, where they live in rural Indiana, they get like the whole cow butchered and then they just keep it in the freezer. And it's like gorgeous. And it's like the best quality of meat that you can get. I have, we have four couples that we have been talking for years that we are going to go in on half a cow together. Oh, do it. It's the best thing you can do for yourself. It really is. It's the meat is high quality and it's like actually sustainable. Like, you know, you go to Trader Joe's. I'm like, whatever, I guess I just get organic. I'm hoping for the best. But it's like, meanwhile, the ozone is collapsing. <laughs> because of cow farts. The cow farts. They're not good. And I need I need to have a little red meat because I'm a waif. I'm like a little Victorian woman. Like, <laughs> oh, my blood's slow today. Need a little iron. Yeah, oh, yes. And I love about you too is I when I text you when you were in Seattle for your shows, you I was like, hey, like where well give me something to go off of with where you want to go eat. You're like, high meat and vegetables. I was like, I can get down with this. That's all I eat. That's all I eat. Well, when I go on the road, I tend to like fly off the rails. Like I was at the club this weekend. I'm like, onion rings. I just had onion rings for dinner. Oh. And I felt terrible in the moment you're like oh my gosh am i a queen i'm so decadent and then about 30 minutes later it's like and now i feel violently ill and i'm on stage i'm on stage talking about my boyfriend where were you <laughs> i was at charlie goodnights in um raleigh north carolina Oh yeah you told me you were going was it a good run oh it was great i was opening for my dear friend dan soder who's yeah. absolutely lovely and he brings the house down. So we had, we had gorgeous shows sold out and I just love that club. And I, we got to go like around a little bit. I went to cutie pies of Raleigh, which is a place they make like little tiny mini pies. No, stop it. Oh, it's so good. I love it. And I love that club. I do. Where I were you, were you last weekend where you were in Seattle. Yeah. Last, there. Let's also oh, last weekend, my mom, we were so Cirque du Soleil is in town, which. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Katie, like I'm not a Disney gay by any stretch of the imagination. It don't put me in that box, but I am now a Cirque du Soleil gay for sure. I uh, yes, yes. The circus. Unreal. I love it. What they're doing in that show, I mean, it's it's mind blowing that people can do it. It's like the Olympics with sequins. Oh, and like just the hardest of bodies, like watching all these like Eastern European men throw their legs behind their head and swing in the air. I was just kind of like, I don't know if I should be erect, but I am. I know you're like, Yuri, hello. (laughs) (laughs) One million. Katie, there was this one guy who, okay. There's this scene where there it's like a couple which I found out we're married in real life. Oh, I love that. And they do like duo trapeze together, except it's not trapeze. It's literally just two ropes, like no pole in the middle. They just like wrap these ropes around their arm and like do rope shit. It's like aerial BDSM almost. Wow. Well, it is nuts. So there's a guy and a girl. So uh, let me paint this picture for you orally. He, they're up in the air. I'm talking 40 feet in the sky. He has got the rope so tight around his hands that he's now doing a full handstand, right? Wow. But his hands, he's holding on to the girl's wrist. So she's dangling below him. And then he widened his arms to go 
further out. So as he did that, his head was getting lower, but her head was getting higher. And they did that until they met in a kiss. Oh, I love that. Oh, I, and I, that. I was literally like, Nicholas Sparks, can we like write this in a book? And also like, I'm doing this at my wedding. So romantic. Cute, right? So romantic. I mean, it's the training that you have to do. It's like, I guess you could only really fall in love with another trapeze person because it's just like, that's all you know. And, and like, we were so we befriended somebody who works for Cirque du Soleil. So we got some like inside tea. The oh. life on the road, uh, you think comic life is difficult to maintain a relationship? Life on the road for a circus artist is absolutely batshit crazy. I'm sure. Oh my God. A few of their families travel with the circus too, like the whole family, and they do wow. like homeschooling. And. Wow. The the most fascinating thing was is that they often find love within the circus, obviously. Yeah. So you could like be married to a fire breather if you wanted. Oh, it's hot. So hot. <laughs> I feel like that's what that's kind of like me and my boyfriend, but we're like in the comedy circus where it's like no one who who, who gets it. But, you know, my grandmother <laughs> dated a circus performer. No, which, stop it. I, you know what? She was in Houston. She was managing a trailer park that was my uncle's. You shut the hell up. Is this a bit? Is this real? This is real and it is not a bit, but it probably should be. But she was dating this guy. Well, he was her assistant in the trailer park. His name was Carlos. And he was, (laughs) my grandmother was like 70 and he was like 40. So my family was like, what's happening? But he had been, he was, he had grown up in the circus. He was a trapeze performer, but he was, because he was like in his forties, he was like, you can't, you, you, it's like figure skating. You know, it's like, once you hit like 30, your body's like completely breaks down. So he was the, he was a ringmaster for a little while. And then he kind of had to stop because he had kids. So he and my grandmother were seriously dating, but there was like, it like got a little shady because we were like, what's, what's going on? The age difference is too much. And they did end up, it ended kind of badly, you know, it was like, but it was a whirlwind romance. So I'm glad that Mimi got to have that. Mimi? Mimi. Katie, Katie, Katie. (laughs) She's a card. I need to really deeply dig into this. Okay. (laughs) We're going to, we're going to protect Mimi at all costs. So first of all, (laughs) can I just go into like, why didn't it work? Can we talk about why didn't it work? Like was, did he swindle her? There was like, I I never got the full story from my family. This was like in the early 2010s. So this was right around like. So you were alive for this though? I was, I was around, but my family is very, they love secrets. So it's all like. Oh, same. You know, it's all like hush, hush. And so I've been meaning to like really try to find out what happened, but my, I'm, it hasn't been like the right time to be like, what, what was that? Because I remember (laughs) he was working for her and, and. I had talked to her on the phone and she was telling me that he helped her trim her hair. And I was like, well, that's a red flag. What happened with that? And later it came out, they were dating and I met him for the first time. And I didn't get a great feeling from him because I went down, I spent Christmas with her. And when he met me, he recited from memory, a poem that he wrote about living life in the circus. And it was like, 
20 minutes long. No, it was not. Yeah, so we were standing there. My aunt and I were like, <laughs> it's still going. <laughs> And it was just long. And it was like he like kissed our hand. No. You know, it was like it was like really he put on a show. And so we were like, okay. And then he showed us a special Facebook that was only for circus performers, which I think I don't know if it even is still around, but he wanted to show us that. And so that was my only but this was before we knew that they were dating, I think actually. And my mom was on the phone with me. She's like, you know, you need to figure out what's going on. I'm like, what? I don't know. Something's weird. That's all I can say. A, a poem is what's going on. And it's very long. That was a dissertation. It was a one man show. I'm like, Carlos, please at least do some acrobatics during the poem. At least. <laughs> people are responding to. A handstand at the very least, Carlos. Please. Katie, this is a sketch. It, this is, yes. I. This is a whole, it's a whole life. You know, it's a whole thing. I need to dig into it more, but... Basically, what happened was they were living together, but he had three kids, three young kids. And I think the kids were causing like a lot of friction because, you know, they weren't with their mom. My grandmother was like in her 70s. And it's like, okay, at a certain point, you're like, whatever else is going on, like, this isn't going to work. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the kids were into circus. I feel like they probably were like he had grown up in the circus, but he had kind of left because he was saying like, it's just, you know, it it wasn't, it was in Mexico from what I Mm. think. And they just don't have like any kind of like, like safety net literally or figuratively. Well, yeah. It's like you get injured and then it's like, well, bye. I mean, it's over. You age out of the circus and weird fact. I, Used, when I was a starving artist, and by starving artist, I mean full-time teacher, one of my side jobs, because you have to have one or else you die, was I worked at the Detroit Zoo. And yeah. I learned at the Detroit Zoo that the majority of the animals there are rescues, and the polar bears are rescued from a circus <gasps> In, it was either Mexico wow. or Puerto Rico. But either way, I was just like, Puerto Rico didn't ever, I don't know how they got there. But that's nuts. Wow, that is nuts. Oh, I love that you were a zoo boy. Oh, I was a so- little, little zoo baby. Yeah, I learned, I did so much cool shit too. Like I watched a porcupine have surgery. I led a family of baby flamingos to their doctor appointment. They just followed me. That's so cute. Yeah. Baby flamingos. I love any baby animal. It just gets me right here. I'm like, (laughs) baby flamingos are cute as hell. They look like just like 12 year old boys who are just starting puberty, just like (laughs) all legs. (laughs) Yeah. And like awkward patches of hair. Yeah. That's a baby flamingo for sure. What was school like for you? Growing up, like, what did you, what was your, I feel like I was like a little weird. I was a little weird, like grade school, grade school. I was very like weird, but I was always really into performing and the arts. My family just kind of has always been into like plays and, you know, any kind of like theater arts. My mom was like really into musicals. So I would come in and I'd be like, I'm doing a performance now. I'm like reciting like clue, like verbatim. And the other kids are like, 
what is that? You know? So I was like, I was definitely like a little bit of an ugly duckling. And then I got to high school and I just like blossomed into this bitch. And I was president of the drama club. I was, Oh hell yeah. Yes. I was on the speech team. I was like wearing my little suit and I would just, I remember my high school, we were like number one in the state for speech. So we would do like speech and debate, but also I was involved in more of like, it was basically like you would do like a dramatic or a comedic monologue. Forensic. Yeah. It was like, yeah. you're like performing. So I was, I was like very sure of myself. And I remember they just kind of like encouraged us to be like really competitive to the other kids. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> so we'd be wearing like our black suits and we'd be like, huh, looks like you're going down today. It was great. It was so like mean and, and it worked. The other kids were like, huh. I, I messed up my line. I'm like, yeah, I would never. <laughs> I'm Katie fucking Ann again. Bitch. I know. I did a total 180. And then in college, I was like, I kind of, you know, got like brought back down to earth, you know. Where'd you go? I went to Butler, which is in Indianapolis. And I studied theater, which was a really great experience for me. You know, it was just good for me to like connect with my own process. But, you know, it wasn't a hundred thousand dollars. Good. I'll say that. I'm like, yeah. whoops. <laughs> Could have studied business. Could have studied business. But for me, it was like, that's the only thing. And my parents have always been like really supportive of the arts. Yep. So they were like, go for it. You'll be famous. My parents definitely were too. I did a lot of community theater when I was a little kid. So I was Aww. always like reciting like weird shit. Like I remember one time in the cafeteria, I just like burst out into food, glorious food from Oliver. And everybody's <laughs> like, it. what is this little gay human doing? My God. I'm like, I'm an orphan. <laughs> it was very that. <laughs> but they also, um, so cute. they wouldn't let me, uh, major in theater like I was like I wanted to like major in theater and my parents like like college was not huge on like in the vast majority of my family too so they definitely were like oh my god like you can do it but like it's scary and I was like okay so then I went teaching right but I still had the bug for sure and then my senior year I got into stand-up improv and theater but was literally leaving college to become a teacher. Mm. And I tried out for a play and got it. And everyone was like, okay, first of all, who are you? How does this happen? You're not a theater major. You, you're like an education major. And you just like took a part from somebody. And I was like, sucks to suck, bitch. Be better. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Get it. That's what I think about. Like, I feel like I could have majored in something else, maybe like marketing or something that would have, like helped me a little bit more because especially like when you're in theater and you're just focusing on acting, you're not really developing your personality, I think. And so when I started stand up when I was 23, sorry, that's my birth control alarm. Excuse me. <laughs> my pills. So when I started stand up, I, I felt like it took me a few years before I was like, I don't even know who I am. I don't know what my interests are because for years it was just like, I want to audition. I want to get work. I want to get work. I want to have this career. And it was like, Oh, there's nothing else. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not a person really. 
a little bit of a double-edged sword, I think, hearing that perspective from you, because I was always grateful because I, I obviously in my shows, I talk a lot about my experience like as a teacher, which is fun. And I know that if I it didn't have that, I don't know that I'd be able to do stand up at the level that I am because that is my angle. But the one mm-hmm. thing that I feel like is like I, I can just like straight up say my self tapes finger we're putting it out to the world that I'm going to get something one day but I oh, don't yeah. truly have like hard concrete training so it's like mm-hmm. the opposite you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. weird and you know how this industry yeah. is like it's not exactly one where people want to just be like here's how to get better <laughs> you know what I mean right right so well I guess the, I guess like the takeaway from that is it's so easy to have regrets no matter like what you do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm trying to do that now where I'm just like, I'm elevating my perspective and I'm just tapping into my own abundance. And it's like, whatever it, you know, whatever I wish I had that I don't, everybody has that, you know, I'm tapping into my own abundance. Oh, yes. That might be my next tattoo. I'm thinking I'm going to put it on my neck. Yes. Right on the neck. An abundance of neck tattoos. I love it. (laughs) We're going to cut to a commercial real quick. We'll be right back. I got emails from you guys to go through with Katie. We're going to talk about some crazy little kids. We'll be right back. Katie Hannigan, when I asked you if you wanted to do horrible bosses or little kids who identify as being animals you very much were into little kids being animals and I first of all need to ask you why you were drawn to that type of energy well first I was like well I I feel like I've had so many awful bosses and then it's just like I was really tempted to just really let some people have it but then I was like you know I taught preschool and that was one of the things that you and I connected over I taught preschool for eight years and that was my survival my day job for like a little while And, um, it was like, so it formed me like in such a way that I was like, I feel like I have so many stories where it's like the little kids just like wouldn't come out of character, not unlike, you know, my theater program going to theater parties, but it's just something about it where it's like the commitment. I love it. Same. And but I could also see where it would drive you up the wall. Like we had a little boy one time who he was a train and it was like, you go with it or you're gone. You're dead to him. He's cutting everybody loose. And I was like, you know what? I love it. Did you ever have a student who was like very animally? Oh yeah. First of all, I had train boy and he was a train. And it was <laughs> like, his was inanimate. You're like- going with it. He loved the MTA. He was really smart. So it was like, okay, this is, this is where he's going. I had a student who was, First of all, I had a student who was a bagel, which is not an animal, but I mean, how, how New York can you get? <laughs> I'm an egg bagel with no salt. I'm a bagel. That's how he, his little voice in it. I'm a bagel. No. He loved bagels. He was a bagel. We're like, okay. I'm like just going with it. I'm like, little cream cheese. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> you had a cute, that little student. I have to say the boy who was a bagel, he would not stop peeing. (laughs) My little bagel was peeing all over the place. He was like like a late potty trainer, you know? Oh no. And he was like a little chubby. We looked over one time 
my, one of my co-teachers, a boy, you know, like Mm -hmm. some of the boy teachers, they just like, everything makes them uncomfortable with little kids. I look over his face is like, "Ah," our little bagel laying down on story time rug and his little pee-pee was just the, just the tip. No, no. (laughs) He was peeing in an arc. We were like, I almost, I almost was like, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Wait, so it was like that, that that bumper sticker of like that little kid (laughs) who's like peeing in a perfect (laughs) arc. It was hilarious. And then we said, we were like, I forget what his name was. It was like John or something. We were like, Johnny, no. And he just goes, in my bagel. While he's peeing. Oh, no. So he was, so we had a little bagel boy and then we had another little boy whose name was Liam and he was like always a sea creature. So it was like any different type. And he was one of those children, you know, you meet a child and you're like, are you, what's going on with the past life here? Because you meet them and they're like, they're like, hello. Today I'm under the sea. It's like a vaguely British accent, and you're like, so, he's channeling something. <laughs> I know this too Hello. well. Today I'm an otter. And I was like, mm. I'm learning from you. I am learning. I'm here to learn, and I'm doing the work. <laughs> I had a kid last year. She used to come up to me. First of all, this little bitch, she lied about everything and she (laughs) and I loved I just like you I loved the commitment she told me that she had two pet bald eagles named Fluffy (laughs) and the other one and I and like I don't I never say to kids you're lying because like first of all it's not because I don't want to break their spirit because I 100% do but I love the game behind it and it's so much more fun if you get them to admit it on their own so I would just say like oh okay so because all the kids are like you're lying you're lying she's like no I don't they eat mice that my dad feeds like all this doubling down so I go so when I see your dad at parent pickup at the end of the day and I say Abby said that you have two bald eagles named Fluffy and the other one is that true he's gonna say yes right and she goes we don't talk about them unreal right the audacity i love that it's like improv oh well something bad happened and (laughs) i feel like that would be me i was i was lying a lot when i was when i was little but it was like i just wanted the attention oh same i I couldn't help my little self i'd be like i have 17 brothers and sisters that was one of my big lies I lied about shit like that, too. I So at my aunt's house, there was this neighbor boy who was like my age. And I convinced him that I was the younger brother, that I lived there. I told him that like the library was my bedroom. I'm like, this is my bedroom. This is where I sleep. And he's like, how come I only see you every once in a while? And I was like, because they usually keep me in the basement. <laughs> Sadistic, sadistic. Implicated your family for your own whimsy. They should have been scared of kids like us. Oh my God. I know. I was the same. I was like, I just couldn't. It was like the theatrical flair. It's just like the temptation is too great to be like, I'm actually a princess. (laughs) The temptation was too great. Like it was a missed opportunity if we didn't. Here's a good one. This one's titled The T-Rex, The Cat, and Jason. 
Hey, Joe, love the podcast. Thanks for putting this out every week. They truly make me pee laughing. More pee. Great. (laughs) I had a student last year, third grade, who fully believed that he could become a T-Rex. He would bunch up his arms into his sleeve so that they were short and just stick his neck out. And he would cry this high-pitched T-Rex roar that is only comparable to the actual Jurassic Park movie. He would pace in front of my room and wandered around the room, walking like a dinosaur, roaring at anybody in his path. When he wasn't a T-Rex, he would become his other alter ego, a cat, and not a nice cat that would sit on your lap, a feral cat that would hiss and scratch at you. He was... (laughs) He would bound through the classroom and hop onto my air vent and hiss about everyone, including me, to get a better vantage point for his own anger. He was something else. (laughs) He also had a favorite horror movie character that would show up in my room, too. Jason. Jason was his favorite. No training could ever prepare me to have a kid like this. Okay, first of all, the way this email is written is hysterical. Oh, yeah. I mean, this person is so funny. Oh, my God. But you know what? There, There is a thing with, like, some people just let their kids watch R-rated movies with, with like, reckless abandon. They're like, oh, it's fine. It's like, it's not fine. Gremlins is rated R for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. But okay. And also too, Jason, older movies, parents need to realize like the ratings on those movies don't apply to today. It's like back then people thought cigarettes were good for you. Rated R is terrible, like a rated PG. Have you ever rewatched The Sandlot? Oh my God. I rewatched the uh, Ninja Turtles during the pandemic and they slap April in the face. No, they don't. Yes. Katie, you would play a a good April. Shut it. And he just slaps her and you're like, oh my God, this is rated R. There's like so much violence against women in that. Oh no. You would play a good April though. You give me, you you give me very April. Uh, Reporter. But no, this email reminded me of this. This flashed me back to one of my students who I was obsessed with. He was doing the same thing. And then this is preschool. So it's like a little bit younger, but he would go, he would be playing with the other kids. And he, he was like a little socially awkward, but he'd be playing with the other kids. And then we would see him and his little hand would just get so rigid and he starts and he would be like, the claw is coming. And he would start. (laughs) (laughs) like a little killer he would just scratch them and we were like stop that's not playing and he'd be like oh okay but the claw and it was so hysterical but he would do like a t-rex thing where it was just like something you know rigid hands (laughs) (laughs) to the point where i'd see him doing it across the room and before i would get to him i'm like cracking up he's like scratching the other kids in the face oh my god that is a good one see the one in this email too the the cat really resonated with me i've had it's always a cat Nine out of 10 times, it's a cat kid for sure. It's always a cat. I've had so many cat kids in my classrooms over the days. One in particular, whenever she was mad at me for anything, would straight up just full on. (laughs) Like, I'm like, here's the thing, bitch. I'm not about to get cat scratch fever because you didn't write your name on the top of the paper. Like, uh no, not no, not today. No, no. 
That's so West Coast, though. That's so West Coast. Anytime I feel like I do a stand up, an edgy joke in the crowd, it's like, oh, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I know who's doing that. And it's the person with a neck tattoo and dreads, and it's a white lady. <laughs> yeah. And she rode in on her motorcycle, not to stereotype, but she did. <laughs> this one's really good, too. Good morning. I hope this brings you a smile. Whoa, what a way to start. Mm. Already did. Okay. Hope this brings you a smile. This year, oh, it's current day. Okay, sorry. Quick segue because I have what's called ADHD. You may have heard of it. She starts by saying, this year I have a child. Pause. Katie Hannigan, these COVID kids are next level psychotic. I bet they are. Oh my God. I bet they are. You've like, just been in home with your deranged mother for the past and year and a half. And she's done with you. She didn't socialize you like a puppy should. Like you, they, these children are completely feral. Their social skills are like null and void. My kindergartners last year, it was June and we were still having immense bathroom situations go down oh my god yeah your bladder your bladder they need to train the bladder 100 like, percent. and they ugh. have like fear like it's very common for little kids to have like fears of the bathroom too but their fears of the bathroom were so intense and it's because they're never alone they never are alone you know oh what i mean oh my god yeah oh these poor little weirdos oh. i know it's like we have like a full generation of boo radleys oh it's like, I made this for you out of soap. It's like, no, no, Carl, <laughs> play with the kids. Go play. I don't leave. When these COVID kids are like 22 and start to like enter the workforce, run, head for the hills. We're going to oh Aruba and we're going to stay there. Yes. I know. I can't wait. I'll be, I'll be down to Boca by then. Done with deal. my retirement community. <laughs> Okay, so this year, this year, I have a child who will instantly turn into any animal that a person mentions in a flash. It started Ooh. with a cow. I said something about a cow in a lesson and he jumped up to the floor, got on all fours and started to walk around the classroom as a cow and mooing. He cannot be stopped once this happens. He has also pretended to be a wolf, a dog, a lion and his favorite, a cat. Of course. It's the cat kids. It's always the cat kids. It's always the cat kids. Cat is also the most awkward animal. It's like putting its butthole in people's faces, <laughs> scratching, hissing. This, like, is, looking, this is gets rigid. Proof. Proof. This is another one. A few years ago, I had a second grade student who firmly believed that he was a cat, crawled everywhere and climbed on furniture. He was the grouchiest cat most days and would scratch me and the students, hiss at everybody when we tried to talk to him. And he purred when he was left to be by himself. The weirdest part was parent conferences and grade level meetings when the parents insisted that we treat him like a cat <gasps> what mm -hmm. oh my god no I honestly I have had experience with this where it was like I remember we had the weirdest little boy one time and he would he was doing a thing where like every time he would eat he would show people his food he would like he was doing gross stuff with food he would always be like nasty I don't his nose and no. stuff and we were like you need to stop like it's the other kids 
And then we had the parents come in to talk about it. And they were, we could see him doing it with them. They were cracking up. They thought it was so funny. And we were like, oh my God, you guys are weird. You guys are total weirdos and you're messing up your sweet little boy. He's just like turning into a little psycho. See, whenever I had parent teacher conferences and I saw that shit, I would always get reprimanded because I would full on turn into like from teacher to super nanny. You ever watch super nanny back in the day? Yes, I I love super nanny. I love it. Because I had a couple parents like in the parent teacher conference and the kids like talking over us in the conference. And I would stop and say, you see this behavior? It's because you're not doing this. And I would turn to the kid and be like, is this your time to speak? Are we, does this seem like a time that you should be interjecting and interrupting us? No, it's not. And like model it. Because the fact of the matter is in teaching, most of the time when there's behavior issues, it's because it's not being modeled at home or it just like you being reinforced indirectly. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because, you know, it's like you realize how people become weird. A hundred percent. And the apple never falls far. Never. Poor little angels. But I love that, though. I love that you would just kind of turn on them because it's like, that's what people need to hear. That's what people need to hear. They need to be like, listen, you stop. In my classes, the parents would be like, oh, my God, it's just so incredible how they listen to you. I'm like, they do not have a choice. Oh, I will engage in a power struggle at the drop of the hat. And I never lose. And I never lose. (laughs) Okay, honestly, people, Katie, I get so much shit for this over and over and over again, but I will not stop saying it. Training a puppy, although not the same, can be related to training a human. And it's all about positive reinforcement and never backing the fuck down. Because the second a puppy realizes, oh, if I do this long enough, I can do it forever, that it never goes away. And it is the same with parenting and teaching. If you let them get in there. They're never going to forget it and they're always going to do it. So I was always so firm with the kids. And and if I said it, like you're not going to recess every day this week, that doesn't mean when you start acting right on Thursday that I'm going to let you go on Friday. No, bitch, you fuck this shit up. You're not going. Yeah, yeah. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. And I know it's hard for people, especially like I feel for these parents. They're like, oh, God, I'm exhausted. Let's just let him pretend that he's a cat. I'm spiraling in my own mind, you know, but it's like, that's why I think I would be a good mom because I'm like, oh, I live. I live to never back down. (laughs) Let me I will remember it on your 15th birthday. I don't give a funk. Okay, (laughs) love it. I love it. Okay, we got time for one more. Here we go. This the title caught me here. The kid who went grr and the one who hops like a bunny. <laughs> Good morning to you, sir. I am a new music teacher at a kindergarten through fourth grade school, just a wee bit two hours north of you on Whidbey Island, which to me, she just screamed money. Ooh, there we cha-ching. go. Which, if you and Morgan haven't visited, please do. We love Whidbey, uh, Miss Whidbey woman, and thank you so much. Okay. Oh, it's a Whidbey man I just saw. Thank you, Mr. Whidbey. 
Anyway, I started this year and boy, was I not expecting the behavior challenges of first grade. I see all the kids in my school for an hour each week with first graders coming in during the last hour for music. Side note, having first grade at the end of the day is literal hell. I've spent (laughs) a good chunk of my planning time this year trying to figure out how to keep those overgrown kindergartners happy for 60 minutes. Oh, yeah. Overgrown kindergartners. That's perfect. I have two students I would like to tell you about. Student one at the start of the year had some behavior issues. Me being the brand spanking new teacher was not quite prepared for this student when I walked into the room one day and immediately started to play with a girl's hair. I told him to stop it and he got down on all fours and started to growl and bark at me. I looked at <laughs> I looked at this kid with the biggest da fuck face and sent him to the corner and I told him it was not okay to do that. I have another student also in first grade in a different class who likes to come into music, look at me, declare I am a bunny. She then proceeds to hop to her spot. This happens every single week. That is my story, good sir. If you ever want to hear the story about a kid who shoved another kid into a pencil sharpener, let me know. (laughs) Don't even get me started on the use of my falsetto in that class. I am a guy. It has been done. Thank you for all that you do. I appreciate you. Oh my God. Music is a whole other realm. It's a whole other dimension where it's like, Singing songs for 60 minutes, I mean, that's an eternity. Well, to quote Queen Madonna, music makes the people come together. Yeah. I remember this is flashing me back to my first grade music class when I was in my little Catholic school. And Oh, my God. I went to Catholic school, too. Oh. What was your Catholic school name? St. Mary's Mount Clemens. Oh, I was Holy Spirit. Oh, Father Son, Holy Spirit, baby. (laughs) Yes, yes. Jesus name we pray Mm -hmm. so I was in my I remember our music teacher I thought she was so mean she was so mean but I'm like now in retrospect I'm like she was just trying to fill the time up (laughs) like one time we had it was Halloween she came out she left and she came out with this psychotic witch mask and all the little girls started crying everyone but then she was like what (laughs) she was probably 24 I think in my mind at the time I was like she's a million years old and she is mean. Oh my She's god! With this witch mask, like what? Was that weird? I <laughs> I don't know. Of music teachers are they're just trying to survive that hour. It's bad Survival. because you know, as a kid, that like you're not really my teacher. Right, right. You're just trying to walk all over her. Like I don't feel like singing. It's like okay, well, go right on the chalkboard then. You're like what? <laughs> <laughs> we had a music teacher. When we switched, when I switched to going to public school and she, her name was Miss Jackson. And it was the year that Outkast released Miss Jackson. And oh, we, we would classic. sing it to her nonstop. We were constantly saying, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, like nonstop. Poor woman. Miss Jackson, God. if you're listening, I am so sorry. Poor gal. I remember one time I had another core memory of my music class where like, again, filling the time, Miss Sherman, filling the time, 24 years old, probably hungover. 100%. (laughs) I, we did the farmer in the Dell, you know, like the farmer takes the wife, the wife takes the son. We go all the way through 
I was the cheese. I was the cheese. And you stood alone? And I was the last person picked. And I think it's so funny because I know people have like trauma memories of like not being picked for kickball, but mine's in like a musical like round where I'm like, I was the cheese and I've had to work through it in therapy so much. Poor Miss Sherman is just like trying to get on with her life while she's like waiting for her boyfriend to propose. And meanwhile, it's a trauma that I have carried with me for 35 years. Well, 30. I am so sorry. The cheese? the cheese really the cheese now were you more distraught about being the cheese or that the cheese stood alone i was just like i was just like watching everyone else get picked and i was like are you fucking kidding me and even like my friends were like sorry but i have to pick beth because she's my better friend i was like well, what about me i can't get picked i can't be the cheese the cheese stands alone i used to fuck with my teachers so bad so bad. I, in sixth grade, I, we had indoor recess because it was Michigan snowing. Hello. And yeah. so there was one munch, munch lum. I meant to say lunch mom, but I said munch lum. We love that. Oh, a munch. <laughs> one munch, just one. And there were four sixth grade classes. So she would rotate from each class. So we had like 20 minute unsupervised chunks. Oh my God. So, so my ass went to my teacher's phone. I picked up the phone and I dialed the local radio station, which was 931 DRQ at the time. I called them and I was like, this is Mr. Clippert's sixth grade class. Everyone say, yeah. And I went like this and nobody did it. They all just looked at me like, oh, fuck. And I was actually on the phone with the radio. I really was. And nobody believed me. I was like, say yeah, say yeah. And nobody would do it. And then I hung up the phone and he called me over the next day and he was like, did you call the radio station on my classroom phone? And I looked at him and I said, sir, I promise you I did not. What did he do? He handed me the printed out phone bill. <gasps> oh, my God. I know. I know. Got you. I literally was just like. So Let's go. I guess I'm going to see you at recess for the next week. Like, what up, Clifford? Let's do this thing. Oh my gosh, you took a big risk. Without- I love that. It's like theatrical people. It's like we really can't stop ourselves. Katie Hannigan, without risk, there's no reward. That's right. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Come on, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Katie, I loved having you on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. This was the best time. You guys, you can see Katie. She is going to be doing the shows with me in New York City at Caroline's Comedy Club in May. So if you're in New York or the surrounding areas and you want to, you know, I don't know, do that five hour train ride or whatever, it's going to be for you to get oh, into the it's city. It's worth it. It's worth it's it. It's so worth it. Come for the weekend. I love Calm Caroline's down, you too. You'll do a show, you'll do a brunch the next day and you'll go home. It's going to be great. You want to stay anyway because we're going to get we're going to be partying. We're going to get shitty and litty. And I, I'm only going to say this here. I'm only going to say this here. Do we have plans to go to the Stonewall Inn after the Saturday late show? I don't know. But if you happen to be there, there's potentially a chance you could see us. We're just. Mayhaps. Mayhaps. And I love meeting people that come to the shows and I will talk your ear off for an hour. <laughs> Where? Don't think I won't. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm holding you to it. These bitches love you. I, they loved you at the Portland show. I cannot wait till your own hometown people can see it. Yes. Yes. It's going to, those shows are going to be phenomenal. I think we already know that they're likely going to sell out and we're just going to have the best time. And Caroline's is so gorgeous. So classy. It's so fun. And the food's great. I love the food. Dream. Yeah. Where can people find you? And what do you got going on? I would love it if, if you like me, please follow me on my little uh, handle is Katie Hannigan forever. It's on below Instagram. you right now. You can do, you can right. do like this and they'll see it. Oh, over yes there we go <laughs> so katie hannigan forever on ig and then on twitter it's just at katie hannigan but i have my debut stand-up album called a feeling of emptiness it's coming out two weeks from friday so march 18th and you can find uh info about that on all my social and on my website katiehannigan.com Trust me, you do not want to miss Katie. And do me a favor. Definitely give her a follow if you're watching right now. If you're listening on your phone, press pause. Go follow her. Come back. Because when she posts her dates around the city, you don't want to miss her. She's a killer and a good friend. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, guys. Patreon is how we keep the podcast going. And I want to give a special shout out to our newest Patreon members. Remember, Patreon is where you get perks like bonus episodes of all the contests, bonus episodes of random stuff, and you get access to tickets to my show first at patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. That's patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Hello to our newest Patreon members, Maggie Cassidy, Hallie Burke, Tiffany Steele, Bree Fur, Hannah Wardlow, Rebecca Grantham, Tammy Ryan, Allison Pianca Gray, Christy Blair, Tim O'Neill, TJ Nickerson, Susie Rasco, London Walter, and Cappy Rose. Thank you guys so much. You guys can all become Patreon members at patreon.com slash I love you guys so much. Listen, if you didn't get a laugh in this week, I hope that you go to your funniest friend, your funniest family member, whoever it is, and get those laughs in. Why? Because laughter is the best medicine and we all deserve a good chuckle. I love you guys so much and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.